We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensted, joined as always by Andrew Laird. It is week five of the NFL season. We are clicking along pretty good here. Uh, Andrew, how are you this Friday morning? Uh, better than some of the NFL players who are not going to be playing this weekend. We uh, keep talking about how there's going to be some COVID issues, and yep. boy, are we getting some COVID issues. And so this weekend, we've already lost two games on this uh, Sunday slate that we're going to be previewing. It might be a third, and uh, I don't know. What do you what do you think about Tuesday night football? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like it. I, I kind of like the doubleheader Monday night games. We're being honest. I mean, you're an East Coast guy, so it must be nice to like actually get a Monday night football game you can watch before you have to go to bed at halftime. So <laughs> there is that. And like West Coast, unless it's four o'clock, I'm like, oh, there's a game on and there's another game on top of that. I don't uh, I would not argue with double nu- doubleheader Monday nights and get rid of Thursday night moving forward. I know that'll never, ever happen because the NFL is never giving up that Thursday night huge TV money. Um, but uh, if I if I were to like pick as a fan and a fantasy player, I would much prefer that. Yeah, it's too bad that they pretty much can only handle like one game a week because like I think if you did Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, like I think people would yeah. be fine having it every day. And actually, I thought that was kind of where we were heading with all the COVID stuff that like eventually they would just have games every day kind of. They did that with soccer a lot where instead of playing like a huge slate on Saturday, they would just spread it out. But it's easier to play multiple soccer games in a week than football. So we'll see. 
Real quick before we jump to the slate, did you get a chance to watch the uh, the end of the game last night? I or or read I mean, about it this morning. I was going to say certainly didn't watch it live, but I did see everything that happened last night. And as a lifelong Jets fan who had to watch Tom Brady be perfect for so long, it was just glorious to see. So here's my thing: like I, Tom Brady's a Bay Area guy. I've always rooted for him. He got a little bit weird lately, but you know what? Stop acting like we're stupid. Like obviously you thought. It was fourth. It was third down when it was really fourth down. You're yelling at the ref. It's fourth down. Put your fingers up. And then both him and Arians post game are like, "Yeah, I knew it was fourth down." I was like, "Just admit you were wrong." Like yeah. we all make mistakes. Every player makes mistakes. Brady doesn't make many of them. He's won whatever 108 Super Bowls. But like, just admit you were wrong. Like it's on film. Like what do you? Th- like you just stop acting like we're idiots. Yeah, I think it's funny how like professional athletes sometimes forget that like everything they do is on camera. Of course, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just very unbrady like, and it seemed like he went to the sideline to like blame somebody else, as if like they were discussing it. Which yeah. maybe that happened, like maybe the discussion before that play was that it was only third down. But um, I don't know. I had, as uh, Michael Strahan said this morning on Good Morning America, I don't feel bad for Tom Brady at all. <laughs> my my favorite was Troy Aikman. Was like, well, you know, when you're running the two minute drill and you spike it to to stop the clock, sometimes you lose track of the downs. Which is an excellent point if Tampa Bay had actually spiked <laughs> any part of that series. So yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, that's a great point, Troy, but uh, not what happened right. here. But uh, way, to, way to stick up for Tom, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aikman's always going to stick up for his fellow quarterbacks, which uh, of course. they all do. So Of course. So, so let's jump into week five. Um, real quick, it, it's a little bit less of a slate that we first anticipated, as you mentioned at the top. Uh, we've got uh, you know, Tampa Bay-Chicago, which we mentioned uh, right, just right now. is a Thursday game. Minnesota-Seattle, which is, could be a fun game. is Sunday night. Big over-under on that game. 57 and over-under on that game. But that's off the slate. Um, the Chargers and Saints play Monday night, so that's off the slate. But the big deal is the uh, we got two buys. We have the Packers and Lions are on a buy. We have our first like uh, official like scheduled buys. Obviously, uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee had the buy last week. But this is our first scheduled buy. And then we have two games that have moved off Sunday. Um, Tennessee-Buffalo are playing Monday, I believe. And Denver-New England they're playing maybe Tuesday. I may have that backwards. I have that backwards. Yeah. Either way, they're they're Monday and Tuesday. But um, your Jets this morning, there was a uh, apparently a positive test like ten minutes before we we jumped on here. I just saw that on Twitter. So uh, Jets Cardinals, uh, we are going to address in this podcast. We prepped for it. Um, we don't know that's being moved. You know that test could be a false positive. They could move forward like they did uh, with the with the Bears Atlanta game week two, I believe. Um, so we're talking about that in the slate, but uh, just know as as we're recording at uh, you know seven twenty uh, Pacific time on Friday morning, uh, Jets Cardinals now officially up in the air. Yeah, I mean you'd have to imagine that people saw the Jets on the schedule, and so they're like, oh, who are they playing? Because I'll just play those guys. But yeah. I guess the concern is that so they, the Jets sent everybody home today. So um, I imagine even if the subsequent test comes back negative, that they're not getting a full workday in, which means they could move the game to Monday. The Cardinals are supposed to fly out um, from Arizona today. So um, they're kind of waiting until this other test. So even if they, I mean, that's like an all day flight anyway. So yes. um, Yeah. I'm guessing they're not jumping on a five hour flight unless we're pretty sure they're playing. Right. Exactly. So we'll, uh, it's it's a, it's a a huge travel thing. You know, obviously with the, with COVID, everything last thing you want to do is jump on a plane for no reason. Um, (laughs) I I assume we're getting pushed back on that game, but we've seen it before where uh, a team that was home had some stuff and it kind of worked itself out. Like I mentioned the bears Falcons game. So maybe, so we're going to keep it, uh, we're going to keep it on the slate. Uh, But uh, just a heads up that uh, they may, may be coming off and we don't, uh, we talked earlier. Neither of us love anybody in that game, I don't think. But uh, so we'll we'll just hit on those guys uh, pretty quickly. But yeah, I just quickly um, just removed Flacco from the lock list. That's all. Yeah, I know Flacco was so set in my lineup too. It's a, it's a bummer. Easy um, 
I have uh, I I have uh, Joe Flacco uh, PTSD, so I don't uh, I don't even talk about Joe Flacco because <laughs> he enough. played three good games his whole career, and they happened to be in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. It was a good time. Um, Sounds like Eli so Manning's I, career. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I I think last week it was funny. I, I kind of highlighted the fact that we had seven games. They're over 50 points on the over under. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the NFL world we're living in right now. I mean, a lot of those games are a lot of high scoring games. Again, we've got. One, two, we have six games that are over over 50 on the over-under this week. So I think it's going to be um, – you know, it's funny because like week two we had one or two games. And it, I think Vegas has obviously realized that these games are going over. There's a lot of offense. But um, real quickly, we've got Carolina-Atlanta, which uh, you know it, it kind of jumped off the page. There's a lot of fireworks over-under 54 in that game. Lines are of uh, last night, Thursday night. Uh, Las Vegas at Kansas City is a 55. Jacksonville Houston's a 54 and a half. Cincy at Baltimore is a 51, and Miami at San Francisco is a 51 and a half, which I did not, I did not see that coming. That line jumped from 46 to 51 just based on news that Jimmy Garoppolo was probably going to play. Which, uh, after watching Nick Mullins play on Sunday night, I guess makes a lot of sense because he was freaking awful. <laughs> um, the other game that I wanted to highlight just real quick before we jump into players, uh, the Giants at Dallas is, is just fascinating. Like this is a game that the Giants have been awful on offense. Dallas has been great on offense, but Dallas has been so bad on defense. It's over under 54. Um, Dallas has allowed 146 points on the season through four weeks, which is just a crazy number. You think about it, say it out loud. The wild thing about this game, though, is the New York Giants offense has scored one touchdown on offense in the last three games. So this is like the ultimate like rubber meets the road. I have no idea what the Giants offense is going to look like here because they've been awful. I think the Giants win the game. Oh, my gosh. Really? Wow, yeah, I got I mean, a hot take in the first six minutes. That's there it true. is. Yeah, the NFC East is so bad that, like, anything can happen. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a Giants fan, and I'm like, if you think the Giants are out of this division race, like, you're nuts. And so— <laughs> Nobody's out of that division race. That's yeah. For sure. I mean, you could—if I mean, if it's possible to win a division at 6-10, and 10, I think so, somebody's going to do it this year. Um, hopefully, we get 16 games in. But, like, it wouldn't shock anybody. I mean, this is a classic— NFC East game, Giants, Cowboys, like these games are always like close. You know, what is it? Cowboys are favored by nine, which is like, that's nuts to me, even how horrific the Giants have been. They're like, I'm doing survivor pools and I, I, I don't think I can touch Dallas. No way. They're, they're like one of the bigger favorites. Yeah. You know, you don't have Kansas City available if you use them. I think it was week one. A lot of people use them that opening night game against, uh, against Houston, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can trust. I don't think I can trust a team that's given up 146 points through four weeks. Yeah, and the Giants' I mean, offense I mean, obviously has been horrible, but like we have seen them be good last year at least, and most of the play, the skill players are the same. Have a few injuries and whatnot, but like the don't be surprised if uh, the Giants come I, out and actually play that one tightly. I guess I know your cheap DFS quarterback then. <laughs> Not quite, not quite. There is a cheap spoiler, one that I do spoiler, like. But... Spoiler alert. There's a cheap one I like more too, so we'll get into that. Uh, so it's weird. Like with these high totals, we don't have a lot of low totals. Like last season we did this every week. And we had to be some 38s, some 39s, a lot of 40s. Uh, the lowest game on this slate is Philly at Pittsburgh at 44 and a half. Uh, the Rams at Washington's 46 and a half. Indian Cleveland's 47. I mean, those are games that used to be totals that were like kind of in the middle for us and games that are pretty live. And now they're just like, they're getting, you have a 44 and a half over under. You, you kind of get buried on the slate. Yeah, you don't even really consider it. Um, it's kind of shocking to see the Jets. Uh, I think they were 47 if they do play, which like that's probably one of the higher totals they've played all season, which yeah. is not because of the Jets. But um, And the funny thing is we talk so much about the Cardinals offense being fast. They have, uh, they've played four games, all of them under. Huh? So they're playing faster, just would, not scoring. 
yeah, and they're yeah, apparently not giving up that many points either, which I guess yeah. is good too. But um, I think we we, we kind of think of the the Cardinals as kind of this carnival of points, and uh, they've and, and I guess Vegas probably thought so either. Maybe the lines were too high, but yeah, they're uh, they're zero and four. I guess if you want to call it uh, on the over so far this year. Yeah, but it's it, I mean it is just kind of weird how occasionally we're like, oh, this game maybe is forty six and a half, forty seven. Like that's a pretty good one, but like you're really not looking at those games when there are four or five that are above it. It's uh, it's definitely a, definitely a different NFL to start the year, both on uh, both on offense and defense. But let's jump into the running backs. Um, we have a uh, we have a top guy that's uh, is kind of clearly the top guy this week. Ezekiel Elliott, seventy eight hundred on DraftKings, nine thousand on FanDuel. I mean, tough to figure. I mean, last week we're like, oh, Dallas is a great game script this week. They're playing Cleveland. They're at home, and all of a sudden they were down like forty four to nothing after. The first <laughs> they kind of came. I mean, they came back. Dak threw for five hundred yards, but right, of course, you know. Zeke has been getting game scripted out if it were a regular running back, but he still has 20 plus touches every week. Uh, they haven't been overly efficient, but they have been. He has been there. He has been piling up total yards. He's been scoring. Um, Dallas has led for seven offensive slap snaps all season long, which is another crazy stat. Obviously, they had that comeback against Atlanta where they didn't lead for any. But this is a great game script. You mentioned the nine point favorite. Um, the Giants have been pretty good against the run, you know, kind of middle of the pack. Um, I absolutely love Zeke this week. But what do you think? I mean, he makes a ton of sense. I feel like uh, normally he would be more expensive. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, what I thought too. He's the most expensive running back on DraftKings. If you're uh, if you throw out McCaffrey, who um, who at eighty six hundred, you would be all over if he was actually healthy for this game. But um, I'm I'm gonna throw out McCaffrey this week. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, we do lose like we lose Derrick Henry. I don't know how many many, many yep. people are gonna go after him um, home against Buffalo, but. Uh, Zeke definitely seems like the clear payup option. I just feel like we're getting, um, it's not nearly to the extreme, but it feels a little bit like Odell Beckham last year where we're like, his price keeps going down. There's a perfect spot for him. He should really explode. And then like the next week we're like, well, it just didn't happen, but this week will, he'll definitely be it. And so like, uh, Zeke hasn't been horrible. Like, I think that's the only thing that's like keeping him in the conversation is that it's almost impossible to have like a really bad game with the number of touches he gets. But like, yeah, and I mean, and as they trail, like they're clearly using him as a, he's got, he has 20 targets, I think the last two weeks or something like that. So he's getting, he's in a lot of passes too, which it, it makes you feel a little bit better if they do get uh, a weird game flow, at least yeah. he's going to be involved too. Yeah. That's uh he definitely brings the safety there. And obviously the upside is, is high. Uh, you just, for how well Dak has been playing and you know, the expectation is that they won't have to play like, they did every other game this season because they're playing the giants. But um, I don't know. I, there are builds that I made with Zeke and those without, and I'm just not sure it, it, the benefit of having him outweighs the guys that I have to give up to. Yeah. And that, and that's fair. So let's jump down to some of the other guys. I think we're going to jump down under 7,000 though. So we're, it's a, it's a pretty big jump down. Uh, first guy I want to talk about I think is going to be pretty popular this week is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, the worst defense he's faced in a while. They're facing uh, facing Vegas. They, the Chiefs have played some pretty tough defenses in this stretch. Uh, 6,800 on DraftKings, 7,900 on FanDuel. Uh, Vegas has allowed the most fantasy points per game to running backs this year, so the, the, the matchup's definitely there. Um, he had 19 touches last week, 26 touches the week before. Hasn't really blown up. You know, he had a lot of hype coming into this season. He was moving up in the first round when, uh, when Damian Williams opted out. Um, Vegas has given up eight touchdowns to running back so far. This seems like a, a spot where he's going to be pretty uh, pretty highly owned, I think. Yeah, I think that's uh, Edwards Elair. 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 Um Steve Levy is, is is grinning somewhere. I I will say that there uh, there's a subscriber in our uh, in our Discord chat who 
is, uh, I believe he actually works for ESPN. And so he was actually saying that uh, Clyde Edwards Elair has like made it public that that is how you say his name. And Steve Levy wanted to make sure that everybody like really got the point. So uh, does that mean I have to do it too? Uh, I don't. I don't think we have to go so dramatically, Levy. Uh, but anyway, um, we're going. We're going. We're going full silent H then. I'll, right. I will. I will go. Right. With that. And the hard E. So E layer. Um, <laughs> but I think he's the reason. He's the easy reason not to play Zeke. Um, yeah. And so I mean, there are certainly going to be people who play both of them. Uh, there are cheaper running backs. I think that are certainly in play. To uh, if you don't necessarily want to play both, but um, yeah, he'll definitely be really, really popular and. There's really no, I mean, the, the hesitation you always have with him is like, what happens if Mahomes, it, it's just a Mahomes game. And, you know, we right. have seen those before, but he gets involved enough. And theoretically, you have to hope that if Mahomes has a Mahomes game, then they just use Edward C. Lair to finish the game out. And so he's right. still going to get the touches anyway. So, um, yeah, he's every uh, ownership projection I've seen has him sky high and there's a very good reason for him to be there. And so I think he certainly will be one of the most popular players in cash games. Yeah. And your, your comment about Zeke makes a lot of sense. I, I like, I like Elair a lot this week too. And if I, uh, if I go there, I probably won't go Zeke with him, but uh, I may mess with that a little bit, but you're right. He's the best. I mean, you save a thousand dollars and a really great matchup and obviously a phenomenal offense. So usually when we get injuries, uh, you know, then we're like, Oh, we got this cheap running back. Uh, we got someone at 4,500. We can play this week. We've got the big injury. Nick Chubb got hurt. Um, we got Kareem Hunt, who has looked good. Obviously, has had a great history of of being really good and talented when he was with the Chiefs. But he's sixty five hundred on DraftKings. He's not he's not free by any means. He's seven thousand on FanDuel. But this Browns run game has been absolutely unbelievable. You look at the stats; they're averaging averaging two hundred and four and a half yards per game rushing the ball. The next highest is New England at one hundred seventy nine point eight, and that's with the running back or that's with the quarterback who's averaged fifty yards a week the first three weeks running the ball. So like they get that big boost. Third highest is Baltimore, which obviously gets a huge boost for Lamar. So uh, Baker Mayfield's not running the ball that much. This is clearly a very running back driven stat for them, and they're not only up there, but they are leading it by twenty yards per game. Um, Darius Leonard, who is uh, Indiana Indianapolis's uh, best uh, linebacker, who the who the Browns are playing may not play. That's a pretty big thing too for stopping the run. Uh, the Colts have been pretty good against the run. Uh, I don't think they they haven't allowed a running back over sixty five yards. Dalvin Cook's the only like really good one they've played, but still been pretty good against the run. Uh, Hunt does have a little bit of a groin tweak that's uh, worth monitoring if you're going to play him. But sixty five hundred, uh, I find it hard to get away from Kareem Hunt by the with the way that the Browns are running this offense right now. Yeah, I think the only hesitation is really how much of the work he gets. Like, yeah. He obviously was getting a decent amount when Chubb was healthy. Um, but when Chubb went down last week, like we still saw uh, Dernis Johnson got 13 carries, actually more than Chubb. Um, Dontrell Hilliard had five carries. Um, yep. Picked all of that from uh, Jerry's uh, hidden stat line this week. But it just seems like they don't really want to use one guy. And so if that's not the case, like Hunt is kind of not that he's necessarily priced as if he's going to get every carry. Uh, in this matchup, but, um, you know, like Hunt's been good enough with Chubb around that that's why he's not that cheap. And so, um, yeah, when I clicked it, I was like, all right, I I bet maybe we're gonna get like 57, 5,800 in here. And I was, I was definitely off on that. I mean, it makes sense. You're right. I think he's been like running back seven or something like that, even with Chubb there, but 
I don't know. I think that you talk about those other names. I think that Chubb and Hunt are a pretty significant jump up from those guys, and Hunt was not as involved because Chubb was there. I mean, Chubb might be a, a top three like pure running back in the league right now. Um, I like Hunt a lot this week, but uh, you make some good points on the other guy. They, I, I don't know how much they're going to lean on him, and at the price, they kind of have to lean on him for it to work. Yeah, I think part of the reason I don't love Hunt as much is because there are other guys that are a little cheaper that I feel like you're a little more comfortable. Like $100 less on DraftKings is Mike Davis, and paying 6400 for Mike Davis feels weird when like <laughs> Josh Jacobs is one is 100 cheaper. Um, it does. And, but like Davis, I mean, we've been saying it, like if you're going to get uh, 75 to 80% of the work that Christian McCaffrey got um, at 6,400, uh, why not? In a game that is, uh, you know, ha- has uh, kind of written on it, like it's going to be a lot of points. I mean, they obviously have a high over under, but you-, you can kind of feel that game getting a little bit out of control points wise too. Yeah. And we'll get to the other guys uh, for the Panthers later, but like, I think the only hesitation on Davis is, you could also really like the Panthers passing game. And for somebody like me who, uh, you know, makes a single cash lineup, like <laughs> you're not going in like right. how many Panthers do I want? And so you get a little, little hesitancy there, but um, that was an, that was an excellent tease for the upcoming DJ Moore discussion. Oh, Oh, that's not, that, he's not even part of the discussion for me anymore. <laughs> um, um, other guys, you mentioned Josh Jacobs in this range. Um, I don't love Josh Jacobs this week just because I think they're going to be trailing Kansas City, and he is a guy that you do want some game script action with. But one of the guys in the 6,000 I wanted to mention to you before we kind of jump down, uh, James Robinson for Jacksonville. They're at Houston this week. Houston has been absolutely horrendous against the run. They're allowing 5.4 yards per carry, which is pretty crazy through four weeks. Um, Not a great game script. Jacksonville is is an underdog in this game, but he does have four-plus targets each last week. They're using him in the past game, too. He has over hundred yards total yards in the last three weeks and i you know you mentioned mike davis 6400 if you told me that james robinson would be 6700 a couple weeks ago i would have <laughs> thought you were crazy but um dalvin cook was 27 for a buck 30 and two touchdowns on houston last week james connor went nuts 18 for 109 and a touchdown in week three the ravens had like three guys do well in, in week two and it goes all the way back houston just getting thrashed in the run game uh, are you considering robinson just because of the matchup Definitely because of the matchup. The price is a little tough to swallow. Um, Like, I just don't see how he fits. Like, being $100 less than Edward Zelayer seems like it's just too tight. Like, Yeah, $1,300 less than Elayer on FanDuel and $1,600 less than Jacobs on FanDuel, which is... uh, That's wild. I think Robinson is is more of a FanDuel play than a DraftKings play. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Particularly because, like, he doesn't rely so much on the the passing work since you don't get the full point uh, per reception at FanDuel, but... Um, yeah, stealing like more from Jerry's article. Like we, we look at, uh, uh, Chris Thompson is like, they're passing down back. But like last week he was saying, um, pretty much Robinson played everything except like third and like long. And so like, if that's the case, like third and relatively short, um, if Robinson's still on the field, like that makes, makes him much more of a, much closer to a bell cow than, than kind of a. Thompson Thompson played 16 snaps total last week. Yeah, that's uh, which is you know after getting six targets before you thought maybe you were kind of building towards him and he right. had, he didn't he, he didn't touch the ball last week. Yeah, exactly. Like literally did not touch the ball. 24 yeah. percent uh, snap share. So like um, he Robinson, may have, he, may have, he may have recovered a fumble or something, but I don't think he touched the ball. <laughs> um, I think Robinson makes like a great GPP play just because like yeah. he makes sense. The price is a little weird, but like in GPP you can make up for that. Um, because you're playing for upside, so you can spend down at other spots where 
if you hit the home run, then you then it pays off. But I mean, I'll, I'll claim he's hidden, he's hidden with with Hunt and Elair there. You got to think the percentage is pretty low on him. Yeah, and like I'm not playing Miles Sanders against Pittsburgh, but like that's a possibility too. If uh, like I'd, I'd probably play like that's more somebody that people are more comfortable playing than Robinson at this point. Yeah, I mean, other guys in this range, uh, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Miles Sanders, all not really big plays for me just based on kind of matchup this week. Um, you know, Mixon's at Baltimore, so the game script, he's a guy that you want the game script to, yeah. to work his way. It's about as bad as it comes. Yeah, James Conner, 6,900, a little, little pricey, and, and uh, you know, Philly is uh, definitely better uh, better on defense than the last couple of matchups he had. Uh, they've only allowed one running back over 55 yards this year. It was uh, what it was our uh, our not friend, uh Darrell Henderson, who did not uh, do well for us last week, but he had a good game against him. But uh, Mixon, Connors, and Sanders for me all kind of fall off just because I like Hunt, Robertson, and Elair uh, and Davis more this week. Yeah, totally agree. They're in that definitely that range. But I mean, we've, so, we've got cheaper okay. guys. Um, yeah, I was gonna say under six thousand. Uh, there's there's three guys that I have highlighted, and the first one is a guy that I had no interest in drafting, have not had any interest in playing this at all this season. Um, but Todd Gurley is 5,700 on DraftKings. Um, he looks pretty fried to me a lot of the time, but um, he's involved. He has four rushing touchdowns. It's a good game chip. at a home favorite against Carolina in a game that should be high scoring. He has zero involvement in the passing game, though. So if they get behind, this is a play that really will get buried on you. Um, he's only been over 65 yards rushing once, but he's getting the touchdowns. And we talked about we talked about every week so far. Carolina gets running backs as a touchdown paradise. They've given up eight so far to running backs. I don't like him as a player. I just like the situation. I still don't think I'm going to get there on Gurley this week. Yeah, I uh, I just struggle so much. Like in the Panthers' defense is like you automatically go to whoever the running back is, and then you see it's Gurley, and you're just like, <laughs> can it be anyone else? Like you hope that like not that you hope Gurley gets hurt, but like I be happy to play like Brian Hill against them. But like the, uh, I don't know. I, it's like, it just seems like a pure matchup play to me. Like there's no, there's nothing else that makes me think it's like a worthwhile play. And it's not like the Falcons are like going to destroy Carolina. And so that they have to like run the game out on them. So, um, I will say I'd play him over Drake though. Oh God! I, I thought we had agreed just not to mention Kenyon Drake ever again. I, th- I think that's. I, I feel like we had to mention it at least on the yeah. podcast. The never it again. It sucks Drake. because I was. I'd love to just cross him off. Except they play the Jets this week, yeah. which is like it should be a good game script. A lot of plays run. Um, I don't know. Last week he was did nothing against Carolina. Kind of got tweaked and then came back and then was back out. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they start to move towards a little bit of a timeshare with Chase Edmonds. I just, I, I don't think I can go back there with Drake myself, but uh, I understand if someone wants to against the Jets, but um, I just think there's other guys I like more this week. Yeah. Part of me wants them, you know, obviously you hope that they can play that game um, right. just because of the COVID situation. But obviously if more people are going to play Kenyon Drake, I'd be happy to have them in the player pool, but I'd play Edmonds. Like if it, that's the problem, like I think, the timeshare really should just be Edmonds and just like yeah. forget about Drake. But um, it's but been there. that whole offense has been weird and ugly. And we'll, yeah. we'll get into Kyler. We hit the we hit the quarterbacks. But a couple other running backs I want to mention: uh, Jarek McKinnon for the 49ers. Good game script against uh, Miami. They're like seven point favorites at home. Did not look good last week. But uh, I personally, obviously, I'm a 49ers fan. I don't think Raheem Mostert's going to play. He's practiced a little bit this week. Uh, I think Garoppolo's going to play. I think it, this is the last game on the schedule before it really, really ramps up. Their like next five games are really difficult. Um, I think that Shanahan thinks he can win this game without Mostert. I think he. I don't think he thinks he can 
can win it without Garoppolo, and it's a must win. They really need this one. So I think Garoppolo is going to play, but I think that with McKinnon and Jeffrey Wilson, I think they're comfortable letting Mostert sit one week, and they, they're going to need him for this next stretch of game. So I personally don't think uh, I don't think Mostert's going to play. Obviously, you want to you know check that on Sunday morning. Um, I just think they're getting him ready. I think he's going to sit one more week. But with that noted, if he does not play Jarek McKinnon in a good a good setup, he played 67 snaps last week. They got off the turf in, the turf in New York and kind of got going. It was pretty clear that uh, they had they had pulled back on him a little bit. But they, they took the reins off last week. 15 or 14 carries, 54 yards. He had eight targets, seven uh, catches for 43 yards. He's very involved in the passing game. And I think with even with Garoppolo, that still will be the case. Debo Samuel still kind of working himself back. Only played 25 snaps last week. And Grant George Kittle had 38 catches or whatever it was. But uh, <laughs> he was awesome. Uh, I just think it's a good game script. I think it's a good setup for McKinnon. I think maybe, uh, you know, the Mostert coming back maybe pulls people off him a little bit. He scored every week, though. Like, they're clearly using him uh, pretty significantly. Yeah, I mean, uh, he led the, the NFL last week in snap share, 92%. Uh, he ran 41 routes, which was six more than the next highest guy. Um almost a 20% target share. I mean, obviously the quarterback situation is going to be a little different if uh, Garoppolo is able to come back, but like Garoppolo still so. will throw to him. So um, yeah, I think the the hesitancy on McKinnon, it was always about like what happens when they get to the goal line and Wilson will take it. But it's like, if you're going to get every other touch, like I think that's a risk you're willing, you can take certainly at 5,800. Yeah, and I, I mean, the Niners have struggled to start the season, but I think this offense is really going to get firing with, with Garoppolo back and Debo back. Brandon Ayuk had like, the, the, the touchdown of the year last week. Yeah. That, uh, that like The hurdle never works, except when it does. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And he like kind of he- like hesitated in the air and landed on one foot. I was like, that's just way too athletic for me to even think about. But um, I go McKinnon over Gurley this week, which is kind of in that range, and that, that, that probably makes a decision. Is, is that, that head-to-head might matter for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. That's easy for me. I want to drop down just for one more guy. A guy we talked about week one that was popular because he was super cheap and, you know, he was not very involved and has been getting building up the the snap count and the touches is Antonio Gibson. They do play the Rams. It's not a great game script, but the guy that, you know, is very, very good, establishes a receiver too. Um, getting more involved each week. Last week, he was 13 carries of 46 yards and a touchdown, had five targets. And they kind of got him out on the edge a little bit too. He had 82 yards on, the, on those four catches. So he was, a, you know, little getting him out in space, which is the way, what you want to do with Antonio Gibson. He's a, a really, really athletic and fast guy. He scored each of the past three weeks. Um, he only played 31 snaps last week, which kind of jumped out to me. Like, yeah, he got a lot more touches, but he's still there's still he's still not out there all the time, which I, I really like in a running back, obviously. But 5,000, you know, there's not a ton of running backs down here this week that are that are playable. Um, I think he's playable. He's probably more of a GPP guy for, than a cash guy for me, but he's definitely in the mix. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. Does a quarterback change bother you at all? Does it make you feel better? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wish that they had someone better coming in to, to replace Haskins. Kyle Allen was, you know, I think kind of just a guy last year. He had some some flashes, and it wasn't horrible, but, I mean, definitely wasn't good. Um, I don't know. I don't think it really impacts it that much. I think I kind of look at uh, I look at him and McLaurin kind of in the same way. Uh, maybe even like the might like McLaurin a little more because I think Haskins is just so inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, the is there any reason to think like, well, Kyle Allen loved to throw to Christian McCaffrey, so maybe he'll throw to Gibson. Sure. I mean, I don't I don't think that's crazy. I mean, some of that is probably the Carolina offense, too. But, um, you know, you got a, a Rams team that can rush the quarterback. Aaron Donald's going to live in Kyle Allen's you know pocket all day. But, <laughs> um, you know, as the rush comes, you dump it off to someone with a lot of speed like that. It, it, it works out pretty well for a game strip, I think, for him, because I think he'll be involved a bunch, even if they're trailing in the second half. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like you said, it's uh, that's like a pure GPP play for me. But I think so, um, too. I get it. I get it. Is there anybody lower than him that you're considering this week? 
Uh, what are the thoughts on Devontae Freeman as the Giants run out their game against the Cowboys? <laughs> Funny, <laughs> but uh, he, he looks like he has a little bit of juju still left, but uh, I am not playing Devontae Freeman. This yeah, morning. okay. Just checking. Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's a it's a definitely a good thought, especially because you, uh, you think the Giants are going to win that game by 31 points. Um, I was a joke, by the way. I hope nobody took that. Hope nobody out there took that seriously. <laughs> um, so let's jump into the passing game, but first a note from our sponsor, Prediction, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market in which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Brandon Ayuk this rookie year. You knew this was going to happen. Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then you deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his predictions, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time as long as that player isn't currently playing in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. So, Andrew, we've got uh, we've got the the MVP last year, Lamar Jackson, uh, up there at the uh, top top salary quarterback on DraftKings. Uh, Mahomes is the highest on FanDuel, but Lamar Jackson's under eight thousand this week. Uh, you know, kind of dropping down a little bit. He has not been great fantasy wise so far. Um, he hasn't topped two hundred five passing yards the last three weeks. He had that ninety seven yard game against the Chiefs. He's only been over fifty five yards rushing once. He did have the nice touchdown run last week. Uh, I kind of feel like the blow-up game is coming, and uh, and Cincinnati might be that spot. Uh, it, it feels, you know, this is not in, it's, it's super deep analysis, but it kind of feels like Lamar's due for one of those big, gigantic Lamar games. Yeah, I mean, the reason we always have to pay up for Lamar is because the the rushing floor gives you that, like, you know, I mean, the Chiefs game aside, I guess, but, like, you know the minimum number of points you're going to get, whereas everybody else, it's like their minimum is much lower than his. And so... Um, you know, you're not necessarily paying that much for his ceiling, although that obviously comes with it. Um, quarterbacks, uh, are really expensive on DraftKings this week. Like they are, we, um, we had multiple slates already where like we had maybe two guys who were over 7,000 and now we have five, um, obviously including Lamar. So I'm kind of wondering what the, I guess one of them includes Josh Allen, who's not going to play. So, um, but the, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of clumped enough where you're like, well, if I'm going to pay 74 for Dak, maybe I can just find the 500 and play Lamar. Um, like I think Lamar could be the um, most popular quarterback only because these other guys are not that much. Like you're not saving that much by going to them. Yep. And um, otherwise there are some like very cheap ones that people could try to get by with. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, you know, Lamar Dak Mahomes or you're going under 6,000 this week. I think it's going to be a, a stars or scrubs approach at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you don't think people would play Kyler if he played? He's, I mean, he's 7,200, so I kind of put him up there. But uh, no, I think that Deshaun Watson, it would be the guy in the in the middle range that people will play. I, uh, at 6,900 against Jacksonville, I think that would be a more popular play, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I... Uh... And he's the guy, if I'm going to go middle range, he's the guy that I do like. Yeah, nope, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, he wasn't so but, bad last week, thankfully. But you click on, yeah, he was bad early, and then he yeah. kind of came on late. But you click on the slate, and you're like, oh, Lamar Jackson under 8,000. It kind of jumps out to you. Like, you know, that's, uh, he killed Cincy last year. He had two 30 fantasy, or 30 point fantasy games uh, in the two games against them. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing with Lamar is that they are a big favorite. 
And if they're leading in the second half, you know, I don't think Harbaugh is going to have him, you know, running a ton, uh, running a ton. Obviously, they're just going to hand the ball to Ingram and Dobbins and, and Gus Edwards. Um, so equally, of course. Will, I know equally, exactly equally. I'm sure they're working out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my only reservation is uh, I do think that if they're, you know, if it's 21 to six to start the second half, um, you know, maybe they take, they, they, they come on, come off the gas pretty good. And at the price and every, all the other quarterbacks, you know, Dak Prescott throws for 300 yards every fourth quarter um, <laughs> at the price. Uh, you're going to want to play the full game and kind of a full go. Yeah. Yeah. At 7,900, you, you cannot get three quarters of, out of Lamar. And I mean, frankly, um, I guess he went home sick earlier this week and he has a little bit of a knee thing. Like there's every reason for them to not play him as much as they can because um, otherwise they should be able to handle Cincinnati pretty easily. But uh, yeah, uh, Watson stuck out to me um, just because he, this like arbitrary round numbers, he's below 7,000, whereas these other guys are so much above it. But, right. So it feels like you're getting a, more of a discount, but um, and he he also got out of, got out of Bill O'Brien jail, which has to matter too. Theoretically, although I mean, we we like to think that, uh, but we obviously don't know a single thing of what's going to happen. And so, um, I think like he was good even with O'Brien. So yeah. it's like we uh, maybe there was some comfort there that all of a sudden now he doesn't have, and so. I was just thinking like mood and life altering change. Oh, okay. Like Billy, being away from Bill O'Brien must be a good fit. Just he just makes you feel better. Okay, I get that. He seems, get he that. seems like a grumpy human and not someone I really want to hang around. <laughs> I was actually um, looking at Minshew on the other side of that game. Yeah. Wondering if I was crazy to think that. I kind of feel like I'm crazy every time I think about Minshew, mostly because he's never like I feel like 6,200 on DraftKings isn't that low, but it's also not that high. Um, like if I, I just always kind of consider not a punt, but like, I feel like I'm just like putting my trust in something that I have no real trust in, but I'm like, ah, oh, but he's like 5,300. So it's fine. Whereas like it's 6,200, it feels a little more risky to me. But I mean, two of the last three weeks, he's been over 335 yeah. yards passing and multiple touchdowns. So it's not like if you, if you place your trust in him, you know, two of the last three, it came out pretty well. My only reservation there was that Houston just so bad against the run, but you know I think Jacksonville is going to have to be trailing this game. You know we talked about we like Watson and uh, they should be able to score. I want to go back to Watson real quick though. It's been a weird year for him. Um, last year he had nine games. We had over thirty yards rushing. He has not topped thirty yards rushing yet this year. And you know sometimes the, you mentioned the arbitrary round numbers. Sometimes you get a lot of like twenty eight and twenty nines mm-hmm. in there, but. He's been single digit yards rushing the last two weeks. They're not really running the ball. He's getting sacked. Like he just, yeah. you can kind of see. I watched the game last week because I played him in DraftKings. It kind of worked out. He ended up with 300 yards and two touchdowns. He kind of got there eventually. Just, literally just got to 300. Yeah, just got exactly <laughs> 300. But I mean, like he had that, the Will Fuller play was like a broken coverage and it mm-hmm. worked out well. And the first touchdown to Will Fuller. Um, Jackson was allowed 300 plus passing yards in three or four weeks. They've allowed nine touchdowns passing the quarterback. So there's like a combo. Like I think Watson needs to break out. I think Watson's really good in general and Jackson was bad against the quarterback. So I think it kind of all works together pretty well on Watson at 6,900. Uh, if I'm in that, like I said, if I'm in that middle range, and I don't want to pay up to Mahomes or Dak or Lamar. Um, he's my target there. I would play him over Minshew for the 700 bucks more. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So I want to go back up just real quick. Dak Prescott, um, 7,400 on DraftKings. You mentioned that you think this game stays close. So that, that obviously helps him from a passing standpoint. But, I mean, these last three weeks are just nuts. It's crazy. 450 yards and a touchdown, 472 and three touchdowns. And last week, 502 and four touchdowns. I mean, it's just wild. Like, last week we talked, like, maybe the game shift's not going to be the same against the Browns, but it clearly was. They got far behind and Odell Beckham went nuts. I mean, Prescott just has so many weapons. And even Dalton Schultz has kind of just filled in for Blake Jarwin. They haven't missed a beat there. 
Um, you know, good Stanford player right there. But you got <laughs> Lamb, you got Gallup, even Cedric Wilson. And obviously, Amari Cooper gets, you know, 15 targets every week. And then you got Zeke out of the backfield. It's just like this offense. The only way they really hold Dak back, I think, is if they do get ahead and they kind of run with Zeke the second half, which I think is going to happen. I think they're going to beat the Giants uh, more heartily than you do. Um, the Giants played really well last week against Jared Goff, which is strange, but then Nick Mullins smoked them the week before. So I don't think you can really uh, fall back on too much of their performance against Goff. But, I mean, how do you feel about going back to Dak? We talked about it a bunch last week, and then I just kind of did, and it worked out. I, my teams that uh, did well last week were Dak teams, and, and they're just kind of easy. If you go 500 yards, you're going to you're gonna cash, especially in a cash league, unless you're just horrible the rest of the way. But um, where, where do you fall on Dak this week, knowing thinking that you think the Giants stay close? I mean, uh I think he's fine. Like, I think there's no reason to think that he won't have a good game. I think I'm more likely to um, play one of his wide receivers than uh, Dak himself, uh, which is weird because, like, it's not like one specific. I mean, Amari Cooper has been getting the uh, a lot of the tar- more more consistent targets, at least, versus like Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Um, they're actually the exact same price on DraftKings, Prescott and Amari Cooper. Um, but it just seems like uh th- there's a there are plenty of quarterbacks to play uh particularly on the high end where he is and uh like the high end wide receivers aren't as great this week and so i feel like if i'm going to try to get some of that cowboys offense i'd probably do it through cooper than i would uh dak do you like mahomes more than dak uh the only hesitancy i have on mahomes is how much i like edward zelair and so like i don't know if i necessarily yeah. want to play both of those guys at least for somebody like me who makes one lineup um that not that like the chiefs offense is one that you can't have multiple pieces of but of course um, it's tough to see like both of those guys having good enough games especially since you have to pay so much um, yeah and biggest biggest favor on the slate so you just right. wonder second half they pass a lot that's that's the issue with both me and mahomes and and lamar jackson um, I think I'd go Lamar of the three if I had to pick one. Yeah, yep, I agree. Assuming the the knee works out and all that kind of stuff. So let's jump uh, Let's jump way down. We've got, uh, I guess, three quarterbacks under Minshew who I think people will consider and definitely I'm considering. The first is Matt Ryan, who I'm considering the least of this group. He's 6,100. <laughs> He's looked terrible the last couple of weeks. He kind of started starting to look old. And I know with quarterbacks, you know, that can break out pretty fast. People thought Aaron Rodgers looked old last year, and obviously that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Maybe no Julio Jones, though, definitely knocks me down on on, on uh, Matt Ryan. But 35-plus passes each of these four games. They're obviously throwing the ball a ton. Um, Carolina played Kyler uh, pretty well last week. Uh, Justin Herbert had 330 on them the week before. Um, I'm not playing Ryan this week just because I like, I like a couple of guys cheaper more than him, but I wanted to hear what you thought about uh, Ryan against this uh, Panthers defense. I pretty much play Ryan like when I have to. Like if he was yeah. like 4,000 or if he was playing, <laughs> if there was nobody else on the slate – like I just, I really do my best to just not play him, and so. And, and if, I, if I'm gonna play him, I want him, I want Julio Jones to be playing that way. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You want a perfect situation, and this is just not it. He, like you said, he's looked absolutely garbage the last few two weeks, and so. Um, it's crazy to like say this out loud. If I thought of it like a year ago, but like if I could pay a hundred more for Gardner Minshew, <laughs> why wouldn't I just do that? Well, what if you could play 200 less for Teddy Bridgewater in the same game? Yes. So Bridgewater uh, is the reason I'm hesitant on Davis. Okay. uh, Even though a lot of Davis's value is catching passes from Bridgewater. So uh, I have less uh, concern there. But that's like what starts going down this this hill of like, do I want to try to get 
almost all of the Panthers offense. And it's like, <laughs> this is a slate where we have games that have like high totals. Uh, the Panthers have like the eighth, I think highest implied team total. Um, and that, well, actually, I guess that includes uh, this Arizona team. So if they don't play, but like, right. At 5,900, you can do that. It's not like you're paying 6,900 or 6,500 on DraftKings. And so, um, yeah, I think Bridgewater makes a ton of sense. And I think people will definitely try to play them. And Atlanta, we know, can put up points. um, And we know that they give up a ton of points. And so um, if you can get Davis and Bridgewater for a fairly low uh, percentage of your salary cap, then I guess it's not crazy. Yeah, Atlanta's given up uh, three-plus touchdowns and 320-plus yards in three of their four games. So they've obviously been getting thrashed. And like you said, they score. So, you know, when you have a quarterback, you want a bad defense, but you also want the other team to come back and score on you. I think a lot of people are going to probably stack uh, a bunch of players in this game, whether it's, you know, a, a couple of Carolina guys, then Calvin Ridley on the way back, yep. or you go, or you, go um, you know, Mike Davis if you want to go the running game. But um, 5,900, I think I'm very interested here. Definitely will have him in some in some lineups. Um, I don't love Teddy Bridgewater, but I think that just the matchup works perfectly. He had the, he had the rushing touchdown last week, which really boosted his stats. I don't think you're going to expect that. Yeah. He's not really a running guy. But, um, you know, a good week last week with the three touchdowns, two of them through the air against Arizona. This is a, obviously a great matchup. It's a great game script. It's the best it's the best kind of matchup game script you're going to get for a quarterback the, imaginable. So and at, at or 6,000, I got to think a lot of people are going to gravitate there if they go cheap. Yeah, I think he's um, he's one of the two cheap guys that people go to. and. Like you said, like you never play Bridgewater because you think Bridgewater is a great play himself. It's like the matchup and um, the price is just what makes sense with the two of those combined. And so here we are. And the issue where Bridgewater might not be as high as uh, maybe we think is there's another guy down here. Daniel Jones is 5,400 on DraftKings. We talked about... The Dallas defense, I mean, they are just uh, – Baker Mayfield did not actually do that well against them. You know, Beckham had the 50-yard run, and then Jarvis Landry had one of the touchdowns too. So he only had 165 yards, but he did have the two touchdowns. But, I mean, Russell Wilson was 315 for five. Uh, Matt Ryan was two, two, 273 with four touchdowns. So they, they Dallas has clearly been giving it up all over the place. Jones has just been so bad. Like the last three weeks, 241, 179, 190 yards passing, zero touchdowns total, rushing or passing those three weeks. I mean, it's been, it's been awful. Like he's been absolutely unplayable. Uh, but he's faced good defenses. Like they, everybody that drafted Daniel Jones in preseason did it with the fact like these first four weeks are going to be tough, and then you know maybe it opens up a little bit. So maybe it does. I just it's been so bad. He has no Sterling Shepard still. Still has Golden Tate and also one of my favorite plays this week, Darius Slayton, who I think is way underpriced on DraftKings. Um, what are you doing with Jones? He's so cheap that you got to put him in the mix in this matchup. But, like, it's either him or Bridgewater if you go cheap. And do you have a strong preference between the two? No, there's a different cheap guy that I would go to. Oh, there's another cheap it's guy. It's not Daniel Jones. Wow. Um, All right. I want to I know who that is then. Yeah, it's, it's weird that Jones um, – is so like that is not a consideration because like you would think that once Barkley went down, they would be like, all right, we'll just like turn the game over to Jones. And right. uh, it turns out that was a terrible idea. Uh, but, <laughs> but I still don't know like how else they play. Like they're playing a team that uh, scores a ton of points. Their defense is horrific. And so um, Jones makes sense. I think from a volume standpoint, just because they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up unless the Dallas is just on the field forever, um, which theoretically could be the case, but um, they're still going to have the Giants are still going to have to throw while he's on the field. But yeah, I, I feel like I would rather um, take my chance with somebody like Slayton 
uh, in a position where uh, I may not have a ton of guys that I like as opposed to kind of, I almost feel like it's wasting your quarterback spot. Um, not that Jones is like, I think it's a great GPP play. Um, yeah. I've already tried. Like, I think I have had a giant stack every single week this uh, season. And I, this is, I'm going to be the guy who is either bankrupt by week eight, or I finally hit one by week 16 that, and I can say the, I told you so's, but, right. um, no, the, I'm, uh, I'm curious. Is it, is Derek Carr? It's Kyle Allen. Oh, you're going Kyle. How, how cheap is he on? 4,100. Oh, there you go. So that, um, that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's insanely cheap. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like nothing else matters. Um, like they're at home. They are huge underdog. Is it huge actually? I don't even know what the last, uh, it's certainly I not close. Like, seven and a half. I think, it's, I think it's seven or eight. Yeah. Right. Um, and he's four, like he's 4,100. That's it. Like what you can yeah, do I'm... elsewhere. Um, if you just think of like, what's, what's the realistic stat line or at least fantasy point total for Allen versus Bridgewater. And can I use that 1800 in salary elsewhere to make it up? And, um, I mean, it, it 4,100 is really low. Like yeah, 5,100 sure. is low, 58, 59 for Bridgewater. Like those are kind of low, but like 41 is really low. And, um, I mean, the floor is like four, like, like he could be really, really bad. But I mean, he he has like a full season of starting or relatively full season. Did he go 16 games last year? I don't even know. I think he but, played like 14. Right. So it was enough. There were people who played him last year, um, and I mean, he's got like a very legitimate uh, top wide receiver, and so yeah, that helps. Uh, Ron Rivera kind of already called him a game manager, which is like. <laughs> never really the way you want to go for that, a fantasy that's, quarterback. A, that's always what you want to hear pregame. Right. But, uh, at 4,100, uh, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest that, um, at least my current cash lineup, which is never the same Friday morning as it is Sunday, but, uh, I don't have Kyle Allen, but like the more you build with it, you're like, gosh, it's this piece to this piece. You know, it's like, you just up, you can upgrade everywhere with that kind of salary savings, particularly if you're somebody who's like, well, let me play Lamar at 7,900. And then you go down to 41, not to say they're in the same, uh, uh, tier obviously, but like, that's a I mean, lot that's, of money. That's half the price. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I don't know. I think, I think there will definitely be people who look at a starting quarterback for a home team at 4,100 and just say, let's try it. Yeah, and a home underdog that should mm-hmm. have to throw the ball the second half. I mean, the Rams can play some D. Uh, you know, they got some Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, obviously, back there too. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I, I, it makes sense. I don't think I'm probably going to do it, but uh, <laughs> now that you say it, I'm certainly going to try and build something. And you can, you know, you could do uh, you pair him with McLaurin, then you could do a, you know, you get Zeke and Amari and another receiver, and it, it becomes pretty interesting pretty quickly, though. Yeah, the, the rest of your lineup really looks okay, and. Uh, the, the salary savings that you get down from Allen is a lot. I mean, obviously just the salary itself is a lot, but like you can do a lot more of the salary savings down to Allen than you can with Jones. Um, and we know Jones has been awful. We don't know anything about how Allen is with Washington. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So let's, let's jump into the wide receivers, but first a note from our sponsor, stable duel. Are you dominating your fancy football league? Well, now there's another game you need to play. 
Imagine fantasy for horse racing. Stable Duel is live with daily contests offering thousands of dollars to be won each week. Download the Stable Duel app. Create your account and start selecting your horses today. Compete against other players for winner's circle glory and big money prizes. Are you new to racing? Not to worry. Stable Duel is simple and fun with low-level entries and big payouts. Name your stable, select 10 horses within your bankroll, and watch each horse accumulate points depending on where they finish. Invite friends to compete against and show them who dominates in all sports, including the sport of the kings. Download the Stable Duel app and build your stable today. Get in the action at Stable Duel. Play, race, win. So, Andrew, a couple times you mentioned Amari Cooper. Um, I, I kind of see him as the top. He's not the top uh, receiver salary-wise, but I kind of see him as the top guy to play. He's 7,400. DeAndre Hopkins, who you know may or not be may or may not be on the slate by the time uh, you know games start on Sunday, is 7,900. Amari 7,400. Cooper's just so darn consistent. He has six. He had 16 targets last week. He has 51 targets through four games. And granted, a lot of that is Dallas has been had to had to catch up and throw the ball. But you know, I think even if they get uh, get some points, I think Dallas is going to throw the ball a good amount. He has at least 80 yards in every game. He finally scored last week. Um, the Giants haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher or 100-yard receiver. They've maybe they've been trailing a bunch. James Bradbury, who will cover uh, Amari, is is pretty good. Um, I don't. I, I find it hard to really find arguments against Amari Cooper right now with, with just the the crazy volume he's getting. Yeah, I every week uh, I've gone in and be like, all right, let me just play CD Lamb. Like I don't need to pay up for a Cooper or um, I didn't play Gallup his one big week, but. It's like every time I try to make a case to not play Cooper, he just has another huge game. And just like looking at the top uh, wide receivers on the slate, like Hopkins uh, could just kill the Jets. Like the Jets' pass defense is just horrific. And so like I get it if that game even happens. But just looking at the other top-priced wide receivers, and not that you have to play a top-priced wide receiver, but it just seemed like all of them had a reason not to play them. Um, Like Ridley's a little banged up. Uh, but I expected to play Julio might not play, which like, I feel like we've gone back and forth with Ridley. Like, well, if Jones plays, um, then, you know, there, the defense is, doesn't have to key on Ridley. Um, but then like, if he doesn't play, then Ridley is going to get all the targets. But we saw that put up a donut in the last, what was that last week or two weeks ago? It was last, it was last Monday night. It was yeah, Monday night. <clears throat> Ridley for a zero was impossible with how that game worked right, out. It was right. Right. He had five targets. He almost had a touchdown late, too. It was just kind of a little bit off on the throw. But, I mean, Calvin Redley for zero catches is, is a crazy stat considering how how crazy, how crazy good he's been the first three weeks. Right. And Julio got hurt, so he was, like, you know, off for a little bit. I mean— I, Even if Julio plays, I would not touch that one. The fact that he came in and played and then left early yeah. last week, I just—there's no way I want to touch that right now. Yeah. And so, like, you just keep going. Like, I pretty much never play Tyreek Hill in cash, but, like, I get that some people do. But if I'm so— like if you think that KC can just get up ahead and obviously Tyreek Hill can be a part of getting up ahead, but if you're going to play Edward D layer, and I'm not, I don't usually want to have a running back and a wide receiver from the same team, unless they're from the Carolina Panthers. Um, but you just keep, <laughs> keep going down. And it's like, do if you can, if you have uh, consideration for Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Deontay Johnson is, has, uh, you know, just as much, actually probably more targets uh, when more. he, when he's healthy and he's cheaper. Uh, Will Fuller is like a injury always waiting to happen, but I kind of like was considering Will Fuller because it was like, well, I like Watson. Fuller's our top guy. We learned last week that Brandon Cooks is definitely not <laughs> going to be a consistent Ooh, guy. That here. was a freaking no show. Yeah. Speaking of donuts. Um, yeah. And then you get down to like the Rams guys with uh, Cup and Woods. I actually really like DJ Chark, but I just feel like I never play 
Chark and Cash, and it's 6,500. Like, he's not that cheap. So you just, like, keep going. Yep. And, um, like, I think there are cheaper guys to play, but, like, Cooper just sticks out of these guys. And obviously, you can make the case against Cooper that the Cowboys get up big and then they just run as much as they can with Zeke. But it just seems like he feels a little more or a little safer than the other guys. And so if you have the salary, I mean, if you play Kyle Lowry, you're going to have the salary. But like, um, I don't know, he just like seems much safer to me than all of the other top guys. Um, And again, not that you have to play a top guy, but um, I don't know. He he provides some safety that I just feel like the other guys, there's a question mark on like all of them. So I know Arizona may not play this week as we learned this morning, but I want to talk about Hopkins just real quick. This is a a weird offense right now. They are doing nothing down the field at all. It's so strange. DeAndre Hopkins had nine targets last week. This is DeAndre Hopkins, like stud wide receiver one, maybe the best receiver in the league. Seven catches for 41 yards. I don't even know (laughs) how you build an offense where DeAndre Hopkins catches seven balls for six yards a, a, a catch. It's it's wild. I mean, he has seven plus catches every week. You just get nothing downfield. He has nine plus targets every week. It's a great matchup, like you mentioned. But I don't know. It just seems like I watch these games and Kyler's like literally drop back, boom, four yard pass. Or or he runs. And obviously the, the rushing stats have created a nice floor for him. But I don't know. I don't think I can play up for Hopkins in a week where there's a, you mentioned there's there's Cooper and Ridley, who I, I like. I think I like both of them more this week. Kyler is ranked 29th in the NFL in, in, in YPA at 6.4, and it seems like it's, it's kind of regressing. Like mm-hmm. it, The first couple weeks, we're like, oh, he's going to be a mix of rushing and passing. This looks really good. And I mean, they looked horrible last week. They looked really genuinely bad last week. And the, the obviously, he, had, he was 24-31 last week for 133 yards. <laughs> like, it's, I don't even, and he has a stud wide receiver one. I don't even know how that's possible for a guy that they're obviously playing the run. They have, I mean, then I guess you don't have to play Drake, but I mean, it, you know that Kyler's going to run. You think he gets some big plays out of there. They're getting zero big plays. It's wild. Yeah. The, <clears throat> I feel like we had the expectation that when they got Hopkins, it was like, oh, they'll try to go downfield a little bit more because he's like one of the best downfield threats. Like he's not the fastest guy, but like he can get, he gets right. open and catches everything that's near him. Sick hands. Yeah. And yet here we are. <laughs> I mean, he probably has like a 4.0 A dot. I haven't looked it up, but um, I don't know. It's it weird. It, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't good for Dunder Hopkins, whoever's A dot it is. It's, uh, I watch this offense a bunch, and it's it's kind of gross to watch right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the weird thing with Hopkins now is in order to have him pay off his price, he has to catch like 12 passes. Like, Which is, and, I mean, he he did it week one. I get it; it's possible, but 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 like you, that's what you need. It's not like, like you're not going to get. But if he only catches six, like you're not going to get there. And so, um, I I don't know. It's uh, just play Cooper. I simple as that. Yeah, although I think I like Ridley more this week. Uh, I'm oh, okay. a little bit different on this one. Um, I like receivers coming off bad games. We've talked about that a bunch. I I, I think there's a, a big like wide receiver wide receiver squeaky wheel kind of stuff in practice, and mm-hmm. I think everybody's been talking about the fact that he had zero catches. Um, likely no Julio. Uh, Ridley should be a, a week healthier. There's a, an injury, the ankle injury. That's, he's going to get better. He played. He sat about a third of the snaps last week, which obviously you don't want if you're paying up this price. But uh, I just think he has. I think he has big blow potential in this matchup. If I'm going to go. If I'm going to go on a team with Bridgewater, I'm going to save that money. I'm going to come back with Ridley as kind of a, as part of that stack. I think that uh, I think if you save the money on Bridgewater is to get up to someone in this game, and, and Ridley is the guy that I'd want there. All right. I get that. That's fun. So let's jump into the other side of that matchup. Uh, we've got the Carolina receivers. Um, I think it's well established that I have a gigantic crush on DJ Moore that has not worked out so far this year. <laughs> um, 
he's weirdly like the deep guy in this offense now. And Robbie Anderson is the like target guy they're hitting on shorter passes. It's so odd that it's really, it's like totally flipped from last year. Last year, DJ Moore just caught all these passes. He was a PPR stud. Um, he only has two targets the last two weeks. He had 22 the first two weeks. I just don't know what's happened here. Still playing a ton of snaps. It's a really good game script, but He's more expensive than Robbie Anderson, which is frustrating because Robbie Anderson has been much better. Robbie Anderson's 5,900 on DraftKings. Uh, Morris, 6,000. Robbie Anderson's been really good. 99-plus yards in three of the four games. He had 11 targets last week. Obviously, we talked about enough of this game script. We know that we like both sides of this game. Atlanta's allowed five receivers over 90 yards already this year. Um, you mentioned playing Carolina receivers. So are you playing Anderson over more? Yeah, Robbie Anderson in cash, man. This is they're using him exactly how I thought the Jets should have used him the entire time, and yet they were just like, "Oh no, no, just run as fast I'm as you can." Shocked that Adam Gaze didn't use someone correctly. That would never happen. <sighs> Sorry, um, that was that was just mean. Because I, mean, I seriously, I feel for you having Adam Gaze as your coach. He's just awful. Um, but yeah, I think more like I think there's a legitimate. Uh, move to have play Robbie Anderson in cash this week. I think he's going to be more popular than more. And sure. like more should be a perfect GPP play, like play Bridgewater more. Like I think more is the play over Anderson and GPP um, with the, with the Ridley. So rundown. much talk this week about Robbie Anderson yeah. and how he's, how he's DJ Moore is the bust and Robbie Anderson is the breakout. It's, it's, it's a prime time spot to use more in GPP. I think you're right there. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's absolutely the way to go. Um, but like playing Robbie Anderson in cash seems nuts. Uh, just as somebody who knew, like I'm so used to him not even being in the discussion. And now it's like, oh my gosh, like he makes, he's another one exactly the same price as his quarterback. And uh, yeah, I mean, how much Panthers can we get? Yeah. If I, if I win a GPP with DJ Moore, I'm sending you a Jersey a thousand percent. We may do some video uh, podcast later this year as we go along. If I send it to you, you have to wear it for the podcast. That's a promise. Right? For, I'll just wear it for every podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's just... beautiful. Maybe like to all events that you go to in your life. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. School, co- school conference, DJ Moore, Panthers Jersey. Yeah. Like, you don't you won't stick out at all. <laughs> Can I at least request the black one? I feel like that one's a little more dressy. If I if I win, you could pick any color you want. Yeah, although those blue ones are pretty nice. But uh, I got blue ones too. So, because of Anderson and Moore, do we just not? And how much we like Cooper? Do we just not think about C.D. Lamb? So C.D. Lamb was he scored twice last week. Was was healthy during the game. You and I both talked about how like the week before he he went out for a little bit, and Cedric Wilson kind of took his stats. Like he yeah. he had those slot catches, and we're like, if Lamb was in there, like that would have been his plays and. He has five plus catches every week, at least 55 yards in every game, uh, two touchdowns last week. I just think that this is a week where I, I will play that game script a little bit with CD Lamb. Like I want him in a game where they're going to have to throw second half. I don't think they're going to have to. I know you do a little more than I do, but I think I'm no, I'm no CD Lamb this week. I love him as a player. I just think there's like five guys in this range I like a little bit more. Yeah, I think, not that I think anybody's stacking the Giants, but if you're dumb enough like me to stack the Giants again, um, I feel like because Cooper's going to be popular, like Lamb could be the decent run back. Um, mm-hmm. Frankly, just play them both, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go game stack in this game and you think you're getting, you know, 37, 34, I think you play them both. Yeah, especially because if you want to go heavy on the Giants, like you can, we'll get to Evan Ingram later, but like you can play tight end, you can play wide receiver, tight end, and then two yep. wide receivers from the other side. Um, this game's going to be like 6 3 now that I've, <laughs> I keep. They'll no cover, doubt. though. 6 3 Giants. How about that? There you go. Um, so there's a lot of other guys in this range I a like. I mean, Terry McLaurin, we talked about Cal Allen this week. 
Uh, McLaurin's just one of those guys that, like, even when they're trailing, they, they just pump targets to him. He was uh, he was 10 for 118 last week on, on 14 targets. Jalen Ramsey usually does not shadow wide receivers, so I think that they can move McLaurin around enough where they can avoid Ramsey some. But he has nearly 10 targets per game for a guy who's explosive and really good, like you love the volume. Should be a nice game. He's still pretty cheap. He's 6,100 drafting, so he's definitely a step down from those, you know, the top guys. Um, I think he's a fine play this week. There's other guys this range I like maybe more, but I, I think he's very solid this week. Too. I think that's a great way to put it. Like there are probably guys we like more, but they're all kind of in the same realm. And if McLaren's going to be uh, not as popular, then obviously we should go in that direction since we know he's got like huge upside um, and he's got what we think might be a competent quarterback. So we, so we have ripped on Devontae Parker for being a little bit uh, injury-prone in the past. I'm going to give him Devontae Parker some props. He was hurt early last week, like in the first series. I texted you. I'm like, oh, well, it looks like our week's over. We're Devontae dead. Parker <laughs> went to the locker room. Like, he's never one that you ever expect to come back out of the locker yeah. room. And he did. And not only did he, but he had 12 targets, caught 100 balls for 110 yards. He stepped up huge. So I like Devontae Parker again this week. 49ers. Um, their entire secondary, every cornerback, their safeties are fine, but their cornerbacks are like their top six guys are hurt. It's, <laughs> it's Sherman, Mosley, Witherspoon, K1 Williams got hurt last week. Um, Dante Johnson is questionable. And the fact that I know all these cornerbacks is problematic. Yeah. All <laughs> Jason Verrett, who like missed the last three years, their number one cornerback right now. It's, it's just wild. I mean, they just cannot get guys healthy. And there are a couple of guys that those guys that might come back, but none of them are hundred percent. Um, I think Parker at 5,900 in a game where they are they are underdogs. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still going to play. There's there's starting to be some Tua rumblings. But, um, you know, Fitz is still the guy. And I definitely want Fitz if I'm going to play Parker. But uh, I just think it's a good game script. I think that he's going to be um, a little underlooked this week after last week against uh, – he had such a great matchup. Everybody wanted to play him. And obviously we did the same and we played him. Um, but 5,900 is still really cheap on draftings for a guy who's very heavily involved. He gets a ton of targets. Um, I love that he came back and, and hooked us up last week. Um, he's a strong play for me again this week. Yeah, I think he's going to be certainly overlooked just because of the guys we were just talking about. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I, uh, Despite you and I probably uh, next in line to get tryouts to be their cornerbacks, um, I always hesitate on the San Francisco uh, against the San Francisco defense. Um, yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna rush fits, fits pretty good. So uh, I just think that if they do get ahead with the game script, I think that uh, you, get, you could see a lot of second half action for Parker. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. And I don't think that I, it, they like to throw jump balls to him, and it, and it works. Like I, I, that's what I would do if I were them. But I don't know. The teams tend to not do that very much. But the Niners have nobody who can guard him right now. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the Niners wide receivers? They're obvious. They're all much cheaper, and they all, yeah. n- none of them have kind of the targets that Parker gets, but. They're all really cheap, like all of them. They are. I just don't know how you like go about picking one. Like Ayuk scored last week, but it was on a running play. Debo only played twenty five snaps and and looked, you know, maybe looked like he uh, is still getting into football shape, but looked pretty good. I mean, he's such a, he just finishes plays so well. I think he led them in receiving even with that, those snaps. They it wasn't a high number, but that's obviously a receivers obviously taking Kittle out of that. Um, I don't know. I just think it's too hard right now to predict. If you give me like two weeks on Debo, he's a guy that I probably want to play before his price goes up, but I don't think I'm ready to quite go there yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm skipping a few guys that I want to talk about, but like Bourne is 4,200. No, thanks. Okay. I mean, he grapple likes looking at him in the red zone, so, but I think you have to get a touchdown for that to work. And uh, good Lord, Deon, or freaking Kendrick, catch the ball. Like <laughs> that drop last week. Was he's so got a little bad. Demarcus like, Robinson in him. Yeah, like you got Mullins and C.J. Beathard. Like, dude, help them out. Like, they're clearly not playing. Beathard actually played pretty well, but Mullins was so bad, and yet Bourne had that big drop. I just uh, 
I think Bourne is a guy that you need to get a touchdown from. They do like him in the red zone. Jimmy does especially. So if he plays, yeah, I mean, you could you could probably slide him and hope for, for a touchdown in GPP. But um, I don't know. I don't have much confidence in trying to like pick which one of them has a good game. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. What do you think of the disrespect of your favorite wide receiver being 5,600 on DraftKings? It's crazy. Like, why is he almost so much cheaper than Juju? Like, Deontay Johnson, I get he left early with the concussion week three. They didn't play last week, so maybe, like, out of sight, out of mind. But uh, I'm scrolling up here, and I have to scroll all the way up to get to Juju. I mean, he's just so much more expensive. I think he's, like, at, what, 1,200 more? Uh... Oh, he's 1,100 more. 1,100 more. He's 1,500 more on, on FanDuel. Uh, Deontay Johnson had 23 targets the first two weeks. He had 14 catches. Uh, he's a big play guy. I get that Juju's in the slot and he avoids Darius Slay, so maybe that plays into a little bit. But at eleven hundred, like there's if I, I don't know if I'm gonna play Deontay, he's definitely bolded for me, and I'll have some lineups. But there's no way I played Juju over him if I'm going head 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 to head here at the price difference. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even really comparing him to Juju, like just fifty six hundred versus any of the other guys. Like, what? Yeah. Why is he a thousand cheaper than Will Fuller or yeah. nine hundred than Cooper Cup? Like, I don't. It seems like they. I, although Cup and Woods are both up there, I was gonna say like it seems like other than guys like Ridley and Jones that obviously that have to be expensive, but like I don't know, it seems like they look at Deontay Johnson and are just like oh he's a number two, like just push him down. But like the the targets are there. Um, theoretically, it's a somewhat tough matchup, but like at fifty six hundred, like that's it feels like a misprice to me. Uh, it feels that way to me too. I don't know why. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago. He did really well for us. We played him again in week three. And I mean, concussion, you can't really fault him for that. But, you, you know, if anybody was going to be, be benefited by the, the the COVID buy they had, it's Deontay Johnson. He gets a week, an extra week from that concussion. They don't have to rush him back. At 5,600, I think he's uh, I think he's very, very playable. Yeah. Do you like him more or less than, the, than DJ Moore? <laughs> I don't like anyone more than DJ Moore. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, I like the Panth. I, I, I think I'll have a lot of laps where I play a Panther and Deontay or a Panther and Devontae Parker. Um, I probably like the Panthers a little bit more just the way I think that game flow works out. Um, but I I would not argue against anybody playing Deontay over him, but I, my, my goal is to play Deontay with them. Okay, okay. And so where do you put Slayton with, with these guys? Because obviously Ooh. Slayton is much cheaper, but like... I think I think Slayton's a blatant misprice. Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, granted, I played him earlier this season um, I'm trying to think of which game it was which he was just it was it was in. not the first game which he went crazy and had no. two touchdowns yeah it was uh maybe it was any of the next ones because he really hasn't done much since but I um, just think it at 4800 like he stuck out to me is not only a guy that we, we obviously get game script matchup against the the Dallas defense um but he's a good player too like he's talented he he can he's had many blow up games you're going to give me that under 5,000. I'm going to take that every time. He had 14, he has 14 targets the last couple of weeks. He's really good, but only six catches. So quote Daniel Jones, um, <laughs> you know, Daniel Jones is the problem here. Like he's inaccurate. He's not played well, um, but he has four. Slayton has four end zone targets. He plays all the snaps. Uh, Sterling Shepard's not going to play. So Slayton's going to be out there every play. Um, three different wide receivers have already scored twice against the Cowboys this in, in four weeks. Beckham was 581 and two last week. Lockett and Metcalf both had hundred yards the week before. I, I clicked on Slate and I'm like, oh, you know, at 56, I thought it's going to be like mid fives. I'm like, it's going to be hard to play him over Deontay or, or Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. At 4,800, he's going to be all over my lineups. Yeah. I My thought is that he could be popular only because so many people are going to want to stack the Cowboys. I think he's, he's the obviously be, run back. I think he's so. going to be very, very popular. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, what do you think is the difference? 
I don't know how to word this correctly, but we're, we're talking about like Daniel Jones is what's holding him back. Cause he's like so accurate, but like, he still like slings it. Like he, can we call him a poor man's Jameis Winston in that? Like he's willing to just throw. And I mean, we played Jameis, obviously Slayton is not Mike Evans nor Chris Godwin, but like, mm-hmm. um, are we potentially at a point where we look at Jones like that, that we're just like, he makes a ton of mistakes, but like, if we're not playing Jones, it doesn't matter how many mistakes he makes as long as Slayton gets his targets and catches, right? I think the difference. I, I do think that's true. I mean, he's thrown. He has thirty-two attempts in each or more in each week. I think the thing, the difference with Jameis is like he would try and tight fit stuff into tight spots, and that's where he gets interceptions. Daniel Jones like misses wide. Just open misses wide open guys. Okay. Like, at least Jameis, if like Evans was wide open, he would hit him. It's just a matter of that he had two guys on him, he'd throw it anyway. So, um, would you love for a wide receiver? I just, I just think it's a misprice. I think to under five thousand in a game where. You know, if if they if they're there with them, I think it's because they scored a bunch of points. And if they're not, they're trying to catch up. So I think either way works for Slayton. I just think Slayton's too good. I mean, look at the receivers around him. Like he's a hundred less than T. Higgins, who I like, but like he's. I think Slayton's a better play this week. He's a hundred less than Hunter Renfro, who I kind of like because they get some action. But there's no way I play him over Slayton. I just think in the price range, he just he's he stuck out to me so much that I'm afraid he's got to be popular because there's no way. I'm the only one who scrolled it and like, oh my God, this is the wrong price. Like, I don't think anywhere near highly of myself to think I'm like finding tricky here. Um, I think he's going to be popular, but I think I'm going to eat some of this chalk and play him in this matchup. And I mean, the matchup is significantly better than the ones that you refer, like better than Renfro and um, I'm blanking. T. Higgins. Right, and Higgins. So like, yeah, I think, I mean, you're obviously, I guess he's, he's the piece, um, if you don't want to pay up at all at wide receiver, I mean, we're, we've talked about like numerous guys under 6,000. You can play. Um, Slay- I will, Slayton. I will definitely have some lineups with like three guys. It's like 6,200 and below. Right. Right. Slayton yeah. Johnson and DJ Moore. I mean, for sure. There you go. So, hmm. so I got, I got a $3,000 guy for you. You want to hear about him? Of course. Uh, plays on an offense that we've talked about a bunch this week already. High scoring game had 54 and 53 snaps the last two weeks. Wow. He has 15 targets the last two weeks. He, had, he was eight for 86 last week. Played on Monday night, which always helps because the pricing adjusts. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus for the uh, for the Atlanta Falcons against the Panthers. I'm sure I butchered the last name, and everybody can yell at me for that one. Um, if Julio Jones does not play, and I don't think he's going to. Um, I love this play at 3,000. I think that I was shocked that he was min. I was like, I wonder if I'm going to be able to get him for 4,000 and kind of sneak him in. But 3,000, an incredible price for a guy with 15 targets last year. Usually you see that price like on a guy that like just maybe got a bunch of targets that first game. But you don't really see it with back-to-back weeks. And it's because he played Monday night, 8 for 86 Monday night. Uh, obviously, I don't expect that again. But it's very clear that the Falcons can support three wide receivers. So um, if Julio doesn't play, you, go, you can go Olamide and Ridley and Gage. They could all do well, I think. Um, I just think at 3,000 in a game that we think is going to be kind of a carnival, um, I think it's a really good way to get a piece of this for super cheap. Yeah, I wish um, I had like a reasonable response to say why you shouldn't play him. I wish I knew how to say his name because I hate uh, to play someone I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, I don't have a clue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 3,000, that's really like, obviously you're not getting cheaper than that. Um, and obviously at 3,000, like it's a boom bust play. I mean, if a wide receiver is 3,000 for a reason. He's not, there's no floor here at all. But um, 15 targets the last two weeks is really damn nice for a guy that's cheap. I mean, four for 41 on six targets the week before, like that was the week prior. 
Yeah. Like that was in the game log when they priced yeah. it. So that ain't that ain't hurting you at three thousand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the snaps is what's important to me too. Like he's on the field a ton when Julio's not playing. Fifty four, fifty three snaps last two week. I mean, every once in a while you get guys that get a bunch of targets on like twenty two snaps. You're like, that's just not sustainable. Like he's not. They're not gonna look at him every play, but. If he's out there 50 times in a game that we think, at least I think goes over, is in the mid-50s in points, I think this is going to be back and forth. Uh, you know, give me a guy running around 55 times, uh, 55 snaps for, for mid-price. I'm going to take that every damn time. Yeah, that's, um, man, this uh, Kyle Allen, Zacchaeus <laughs> lineup. Yeah, this is gonna no be doubt, good. right? Can, can you put McCaffrey in that lineup instead? That'd be perfect. Yeah, what could go wrong? Last guy I want to ask you about here, you're the Jets fan. Uh, no. What the heck with Jeff Smith last week? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, classic Jets of like taking a guy right off of injured reserve and making him like their number one wideout. But um, the dude had nine targets out of nowhere in that yeah. game. Like I, I had to look up. I'm like, who the? And I, he's an undrafted guy from Boston College, but um, he's min priced too at three thousand. I this game may not play on Sunday, which we've talked about, but um, uh, I don't think I'm going to do it. And definitely with that, with Olamide there, I, I play I play him easily instead. But uh, you know, a guy who gets nine targets at min price, so you at least bring him up. Uh, yeah, I actually don't believe he is the first jeff smith to play for the jets um <laughs> probably not in fact when i saw him come like when they like when he was on the field i was like wait a minute that can't possibly be jeff like the jeff smith that i was thinking about which um i'll have to look that did up i apologize did, for I, not doing did that I tell you my cedric wilson story last week i probably did uh i don't think so when cedric wilson scored that touchdown for the cowboys i was like oh my god that guy used to play for the 49ers until i realized it's his son that uh oh that was catching God. the passes so i'm like suddenly i'm uh, I'm not smart, and I'm really old at the same time. I, I looked up. I'm like, that's the same spelling of Cedric. Like, there's no way that guy's still in the league. Right? <laughs> I was a kid, and I was like, oh my god, that's horrible. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it's Jeffrey Allen Smith the second. So, um, oh, it might be the same situation then. I might be uh, dating myself as well. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's uh, no, let's no, jump no. into tight ends. Um, we've got a lot of guys that are expensive. So time. many. We have Waller, Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz on the slate. Like, usually we get a couple of these guys that play on Monday or Sunday night. Uh, George Kittle was insane last week. 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I had someone reach out to me saying, blaming Kittle for losing the game because he didn't catch that two-point conversion. And, didn't get the field <laughs> at the end. I'm like, you realize that they're, like, they're down 20 points if not for George Kittle this game, right? Like, come on. Um, tight ends have nothing on Miami, but they haven't faced any real ones. Um, I just think I'll probably pay down at tight end, but if not, I prefer Kittle to to Kelsey and Andrews for sure. Um, I think Waller's probably my second favorite because you get a little bit of discount there at fifty nine hundred, and um, you know he has doubled his targets in two of the last three weeks. He just had that one game against uh, the Patriots where Belichick took him away. Um, of these four guys, five guys, I guess the top will throw Ertz in there too. Uh, do you have a, pref- a strong preference for one if you pay up? I don't think it's fair to um, look at tight end like defensive tight end stats when you look at Kittle like I, I same with me I mean I just looked at him like I went I was Miami's down they, they literally faced four guys I'd never heard of it was, yeah but and even so like does it even like what there, there's probably three teams in the league where you're just like no I'm not gonna play Kittle against them yeah. um and it's like it's the same like Kittle and Kelsey like they just they, they line up and play differently than every other tight end yeah but at least with um Kansas City like you know that they could give the ball to Edward C. Lair and you know yeah. that like Tyreek Hill is there we didn't talk about like Hardman or uh, or Watkins if you wanted to play the a Kansas City stack. Like I think that's perfectly fine uh, as well. But um, it's funny. I was thinking to myself. I think one of the teams I wouldn't play Kittle against is San Francisco. Normal San Francisco. So, so that even takes one out. But 
Um, but I mean, he's their number one target by leaps and bounds. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. I I agree on the price difference with Waller that like he probably makes more sense. Like, there's no way I'm p- playing like Ertz. I noticed you left H- your boy Tyler Higby off the uh, list at fifty six hundred, which that was not by accident. No, thank <laughs> you. Insane. Um, with Waller, like if you do play a Chiefs stack, I think he makes sense. If, if I'm going to go someone on the comeback in that game, it, it, for me, it'd be Waller just because I think he'd be heavily involved if they're behind. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And I feel like we're saying all these guys, like is Mark Andrews just going unowned? Probably. Like weird, weird couple of games. Like, last week he only had three targets, but two of them were touchdowns. And the week before he did nothing against, Bol- or against Kansas City, but because he dropped like one touchdown and then dropped another big play. Yeah. Um, I think no one's going to have Mark Andrews this week, and that probably makes him a more interesting GPP guy than normal. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, it's clearly like when they're in the red zone, like Lamar locks in on him. It's, he's clearly yeah. the red zone guy. Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. So like, if you don't like, if you don't want to play these guys, um, and these guys become much easier to play if you go with uh, some three thousand wide receiver or Kyle exactly. Allen. Um, yep. But if you don't and like. I, I think if you do, like, that's a good argument. Like, if you do, like, I think bumping up a good amount of tight end to get one of these studs is, does make sense. Right. So, like, would you rather play – and it, I go to Logan Thomas because everybody's been going to Logan Thomas every week, who's 3500 this week on DraftKings and has done absolutely nothing to justify a higher price, and yet people keep playing him. But, like, would you rather play Logan Thomas and, um, let's say, Deshaun Watson or – yeah, you can say Watson. Or would you rather play Kyle Allen and Kittle? Like those are, it's like that. In fact, you probably could Kittle and you probably in, improve a wide receiver uh, right. as well. Like there's just like so much more you can do um, when you play those guys. So it's just a matter of like how many potential zeros do you want in your lineup so that you can play right. uh, Zeke, Cooper, and Kittle, uh, and possibly like even Lamar if you want to play, you know, really punt it at wide receiver or something like that. So. You can you could play some more significant stars and scrubs lineup this week than I think we've seen in any of the first five weeks. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. But like, um, the the next tier down, like, do you think the guys like Schultz and Hurst and Ingram are much better than Logan Thomas and Eric Ebron? Like the the really cheap guys that we kind of always look to. Um, I think this is absolutely the week that Chris Herndon gets in the end zone um, because like why on earth? Oh, I guess they're not even going to play now. So there it is. Right. Like I had that all set up and now they're not, not even going to play. Um, but yeah, you say if you're going to, if you're going to play, it's going to be against a, a tight end against Arizona, right? Right. Right. And with Joe Flacco throwing to you, like, of course this is going to be the week, but um, are there How any Joe like Flacco, the Jets quarterback, uh, what happened? Geez. Ugh. Are there any, I can't believe Sam Donald came back in with that injury. It's such gross negligence. Uh, That's like, such a perfect way to say it. Um, and they did it with uh, Becton too, who had like looked like his shoulder popped out of his body, and they were like, "Nah, you're go back in." And if you're like nine and six, and it's week sixteen, you're like, yes. you have to make the playoffs. Like, sure, put Donald back in there if he's willing, and you think he can't injure it further. But you're not making the playoffs this year. You're not going anywhere. How the hell does he get back in that game? I will say my favorite thing was uh, Troy Aikman uh, deciding it was a broken collarbone. He's like, I've done that before. Look, just like that. He's done. He's done. I'm like, yeah. he's just so, he's just the worst. Um, he's so bad. I, I hate to say, like, he actually is the worst. Like, if, if you think of, like, the real national guys, like, he's, he's easily the worst for me. Easily, like, Collinsworth and 
particularly Romo, are just like so much better that like Aikman starts talking. And you're just like, Ugh. but anyway, I I said it last night. Nobody likes a nobody likes settling for a 45 yard field goal tw- quite like Troy Aikman. Like, was, <laughs> in the game last night, he was like trying to set it up. He's like, the Bears just need to do this and this, and they just had all they got to do is run the clock, and get a field goal. I'm like, dude, it's 48 yards right yeah. now. Like, what, since when is especially for a Bears field for a Bears goal, kicker? Like, when is, yeah. What is that a lock? Like it is, he was just like shutting down the offense with a 40 yard field goal. Like that was some lock. But anyway, I, 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 I tangents that uh, I could go on forever. Um, I think the answer to your question here is if there's ever a week to play Evan Ingram, it's this week. Yeah. He's, he's, he's 2000 cheaper than kill. He's 4,600. So he's not expensive. He somehow has 30 targets already. Like mm-hmm. I would have lost that bet. Sure. I'd been like, Evan Ingram's been really quiet. I'm sure they, maybe he's getting like, you know, maybe he has like 18 targets before he's been 30, 30. He's only top 35 yards once, which, you know, again, Daniel Jones, uh, Dallas giving up a touchdown to tight ends three straight weeks. Part of that is just part of the fact that they're in, they're in crazy games every week. Um, I think I'm going to play Evan Ingram this week. And, uh, I might, it might be like, you know, the last stand of Kenyon Drake, like last week, but, uh, I think I'm gonna play Evan Ingram this week, and uh, I think it's gonna work. Yeah, the weird thing about uh, Ingram and and kind of the other guys that I mentioned with him, um, like they they look cheap because we're like, wow, Kittle's 66, Kelsey 64, um, but like 4600 is really not that cheap for a tight end. Like when you like, I usually try to pay down at tight end, and I played uh, what's his name Troutman zero last week at 2500. Everybody loved Adam Trotman last week. I think everybody loved a $2,500 tight end playing for Jared Cook. Like, Yeah, it certainly it certainly makes sense. And then the fact that there's a zero was uh, was pretty ridiculous. Right, right. So so you go in and you're like, can I get by with a, with a $2,500 zero? And you never really want to think that because like right. if that was the case, we would just do it every week. Uh, like it wouldn't even matter who we play. I'd just play right. Ross Dwelly just for the... Um, okay. Why you gotta? Away. Why you gotta make Ross Dwelly the zero? No, oh, that's true. Um, because Kittle has seventeen <laughs> catches. That's the problem. Of course. Yeah. Um, but the hesitant, not that, not the hesitancy, but like, so we talk about how Ingram thirty targets. Um, do you know what his A dot is? Oh God, it's gotta be terrible. Like four and a half or five or something. Wow, like four point seven. That was the uh, best guess go. I've ever heard on a random <laughs> tight end A dot question. Um, he, I mean, it's, it's it, every path. It's just awful. Like the targets are bad, but how do know, you just, have, I, uh, so few catches <laughs> when your a dot is 4.7. That's like, the thing, right? Like he should have 28 catches when all these are, are exactly, short. exactly. But like um, the crazy thing is not like he's Jimmy Graham where he can't run anymore. Like this is a guy they drafted because he's super athletic. You can get him downfield. You can kind of use him like, you know, these teams use their really good tight ends and, I, it's insane they use him like this in the offense, it's, but it's I don't really know. Weird. I just think this week in this matchup of this game, I'm going to take the targets. I'm going to take the high scoring game. I'm going to take the coming back against the, you know, the Dallas offense. And um, I don't think I can. So here's my question for you is you're better with like lineup management and game management. Can you play him and Slayton? Cause that seems hard to me. Uh, certainly if the giants win the game, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. Like, but like, it just seems hard to me. Like, I don't know if I want two pieces of receivers with Daniel Jones. Um, would you want two Giants receivers and three offensive Carolina Panthers. <laughs> like this is the problem that I'm having with the slate because like all of these you're guys, putting, kinda... you're putting a lot of faith in Teddy Bridgewater and Daniel Jones in that lineup. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there there you go. And so uh, I don't know. It's um, it's one of those that like if you play Slayton and Ingram, um, and possibly like Moore or Anderson, um, 
like now you're just like walking yourself into Zeke. Like you, you're, you have the salary where you're like, you make your lineup and you're like, oh, I like this lineup. Why do I have 4,300 in salary left over? And now you're exactly. just like, and you're like, oh, okay. So now I don't have to play McKinnon. I can play, um, you know, Zeke and Edwards Elair, like stuff like that. Like there are the, you might walk yourself into Zeke and Lamar. Yeah, you could absolutely could. Um, especially if you're playing, uh, one of our $3,000 wide receivers. Um, really but even, st- say, you really don't want to say his name out loud. Do you? Zacchaeus? Uh, is that what we're... I'm going to go Zacchaeus. I think that Zacchaeus. Works. Okay. When he scores twice this week, we'll know his name because we'll hear it. Because so we'll time. hear it so much time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Or we'll be like, hey, remember that time we played zero targets? Zika, or Ol- you thought it was Olamide? Olam- I'm going to go Olamide. Olamide. That makes sense, I guess. It's probably not Olamide. It's um, probably not Olamide, but that'd yeah. be pretty awesome if it was. Yeah, if it's Olamide. Olamide, I'm playing him every week. <laughs> That's, I love that. <clears throat> That's the jersey I want, actually. Would you go Would you go Ingram over Schultz? Um, They're kind of the same price. Yes, yes. Um, the the reason is only because like I really like Cooper this week and it was like well if I don't like Cooper I like Lamb um, I'm probably not gonna play um, Gallup but like but you also you could also like there's too many rungs you have to go down and Schultz has obviously gotten plenty of targets but like I just feel like you're getting too too far down the ladder before you're like all right this is why I'm playing Schultz whereas Ingram it's like they have Slayton they have Ingram you can make a uh, the the scantest of cases for Golden Tate, but like you you probably play Ingram before Tate anyway, and so like yes, I uh, I think Ingram makes a lot of sense. But oh, so that's what I was saying before. Like Ingram isn't cheap. Like yep. he's not a cheap tight end. He is cheap when you're like comparing him to the best tight ends in the game with like Kittle and Kelsey and Andrews. But like forty six hundred for a tight end is not that cheap, and so um, you're not like getting a benefit of. You're getting the benefit of not paying the two thousand for Kittle, but you're not getting the benefit of like a thirty five hundred dollar right Logan Thomas again, who's still a conversation. Yeah, maybe Logan Thomas. Uh, you, they keep the targets and Kyle Allen's a little more accurate, which might uh, which might be a good thing. You know who's you know who sucked at tight end that people love is Mike Gesicki. <laughs> he had that like That's a weird eight, one. one. He had that eight eight one thirty in a touchdown game, and the other the other three games like. I know he had a touchdown on one of them, but he's done nothing in those games. He he only has one game over five targets. I think he only has one game over 20 yards. Like, it's just really weird for a guy that was popular and people always talk about and like, and he's priced at, uh, you know, he's above Ingram and Schultz. Um, I'm wrong. He, yeah, he has one game over 30 yards, and it's that huge blow-up game. But, God, he's done nothing other than that. Um, Mike Gusecki is uh, an air yards all-star. That's why. Ah, there you go. He, Hayden be- Hurst is okay. first among tight ends. Mark is Andrews crazy, is crazy. Really, I would not have yeah, guessed that. Two sixty-two. Um, Mark Andrews is second, and Gasecki's third. Logan Thomas fourth. Like he's ahead of guys like Waller, obviously Kittle and Kelsey. But, I mean, you don't really think of tight ends anyway as being like high air yards guys. Right. But um, like we were talking about, how low Evan Ingram's four point seven eight dot is. Gasecki's is eleven point one. Wow. Yeah. So I guess I mean. If he's going to hit, he's going to hit nicely. But uh, that's three out of four games where he's been like just a, kind of a dead zero. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're somebody who's like, who can I play that nobody else is going to play? Like, yeah. It's going to be a Mike Gusecki week for you. And again, they're coming from behind. Sure. Uh, I think the guy that I would play probably over Logan Thomas, I'm getting cheaper. He's only 4,000, but you mentioned him quickly as Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be growing a little bit in this offense. Um, the, he had, the targets the first weeks have been two, then five, then seven. Um, Roethlisberger has used tight ends pretty well in the past. He's 5 52 in week three. They've had a week off. 
Um, I think if I'm going down there, he's probably the guy that I would play. Yeah, I get it. I definitely looked at at Ebron. I mean, it's you're looking at him as like he's a tight end for for Ben Roethlisberger, like whoever. Yeah. It really doesn't matter who it is. Hey, and we has just... a history of being pretty good in the exactly. red zone. And, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, any defenses that stick out to you, uh, either cheap or expensive or mid range? Anybody you like this week that you're really gonna be playing? Um. You made fun of me before the podcast, but like I think the Jets made sense. Twenty five hundred uh, against Kyler. Like we, I mean, was he was it last week where he got picked off three times? Like I just think it was in horrible passes. Yeah, too. I mean, yeah. I know the week before, but he's definitely forcing some stuff. Yeah, uh, so I think like that's a possibility if you if you want to like I think they were better than all of the other very cheap options. Um, like I'm not going to play the Dolphins even with a banged up Forty ers Like Jimmy G comes back. Although he's, you know, you never know with Jimmy G sometimes, but Miami, Careful. like Careful. you're not not going to play the Bengals against the Ravens, uh, the Giants against Dak, like, or the Raiders against Kansas City. Like, I just don't see the benefit of playing those. They're not like they're cheap, but they're like, they're fine, fine for the price. But like, I don't think you're going to get anything out of them. Like if you're comfortable paying $2,300 for two points, like then yeah, go nuts. But um, you haven't, you haven't listed the one down here that I like. Um, Houston? Yep. Yeah. I tried that last week or two weeks ago. I don't know. 2,600 uh, on DraftKings playing Jacksonville. They have obviously struggled against the run. We highlighted that. But they do have nine sacks the last three weeks. Uh, Jacksonville's given up 13 sacks through four weeks. I just think you're going to get some You're going to get some sacks. You get some pressure on Minshew, and maybe they get a pick. I mean, they haven't, they haven't forced a turnover all year. Zero. Does not, so that's uh, Zero turnovers. That's really, a, that's really a bad thing as I was going through this. But um, <laughs> at that price, if you need to you need to get 1,000 salary over the more expensive ones, I think that, uh, you know, give me, the, uh, give me the sacks floor, and I'll hope they maybe luck into an interception or something. Yeah, I mean, like, zero. Zero, tur- zero turnovers is bad. That's tough. I mean, that's, like, actually tough. Like, the Jets have the Jets had a pick six. Um, yeah, by the guy that uh, got targeted, like, the first three quarters and gave up all these right. passes and had a pick six. It was beautiful. Right. Who had a t- the interception pulled out of his hands. But um, do you like the Cowboys <laughs> for, like, how awful Daniel Jones is? 3,100? Like, that's – I feel like they should be much higher for being how big of a favorite they are. Not really. Okay. I think the defense just sucks so bad. They're really bad. Um, if I were to do that, I'd go up 400 to Kansas City. Okay. Yep. Uh, multiple sacks every game. They forced four turnovers against New England. Again, that was Brian Hoyer. But a good game formula. They're they're favored by a bunch. The Raiders have allowed multiple sacks the last three weeks, so I think that works well. The other one I like, uh, if I'm kind of parsing through the top ends, I, I like Pittsburgh a lot this week. Yeah, uh, I like that. They have 15 sacks in their three games. Philly's allowed 14 sacks through four weeks. So, and Carson Wentz is making mistakes. They've turned the ball over nine times the first four weeks. Um, I think Pittsburgh's my favorite play. They're 3,800 DraftKings. So they're a little, uh, a little up there, but you know, cheaper than Baltimore and cheaper than the Rams. Uh, a little bit more expensive than the 49ers. Um, I think I'm going Pittsburgh one, Kansas City two, and Houston if I want to uh, to punt and save an extra thousand bucks. Is it that you don't like uh, the Ravens' defense, or you think like Burrow can actually handle them? Um, I just like Pittsburgh more, to be oh, honest. Okay. I think that I think Baltimore's a fine play, really good formula. Burrow's going to force some stuff, probably make a couple mistakes. I just I like Pittsburgh a little more. Just I think the I think the sack floor plus Wentz making mistakes uh, works out pretty well. It's funny that we like the Wentz mistake possibility more than Burrow's. It says a lot, doesn't it? That team is and just. It's not, it's not like a crazy statement either. Like I just, 
I mean, they beat the 49ers last week. I was going to say, I wasn't sure you were going to bring up the Eagles at all in this podcast. <laughs> the 49ers play, I mean, 49ers handed them that game. That, yep. that pick six Mullins threw might be the worst pass I've ever seen an NFL quarterback make. Like, the second he let it go, I was like, oh my God, that's right to the linebacker. Yeah. Like, that never happens on TV. You can't just, like, <laughs> you can't see it. On, like, if you're at the game, you can see it on TV. He threw it, like, you could see from the second he let it go, he threw it right to him. My father in law was watching the game, like, halfway in the ball in the air. He made a comment. I'm like, oh, that's, if, we, if he's seeing that ahead of time, we're really in trouble. Uh, it was so bad, but yeah, it was almost um, like he was the intended target. Yeah, it, it, it was perfect. perfect throw, if he was. Yeah. And he made a comment like, Oh, I was just trying to throw the ball over his head and it came out weird. And I was like, yeah, that's not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think he just, I think he didn't see him, but I don't, I don't know how that's possible. It's the Tom Brady um, school of excuses. Exactly. No doubt. But I just think the, I think the Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh is going to have four or five sacks and you give me that as like a starting point. Uh, I love that. Cause I think, yeah, I think Wentz will make some mistakes as a result. Makes sense. Cool. Anything else that uh, you want to talk about? We did uh, kind of went long for a, a 10 game slate, but I think it's a really yeah, right. fun slate. I think it's an interesting slate. Um, unfortunately, we got three games that are coming off it for COVID reasons. Well, two, maybe, maybe a third with the jets. I'll have to check the news here, but um, anybody else that uh, you want to discuss? No, I think we hit everybody. I mean, it's, I think with, with a number of guys uh, that like in different salary ranges, like I think they're going to be, some pretty different cash lineups this week. I mean, obviously they're always different GPP ones, but like the, the builds where you pay up a quarterback or you play somebody like Bridgewater, like drastically changes mm-hmm. what you can do. And so, uh, you know, th- we have cheap players pretty much at every position. And so because of that, there's just so many ways that you can go that if there's like one guy that you really like, um, it'll be easy to, f- to build around him. And so it's just a matter of like what kind of guys, um, you focus on for cash games and then you can just go from there. But that just like the tree of possibilities just gets really big, which should be interesting for, uh, for those kind of contests. Yeah. I think that like second tier running back, there's like four or five guys that are playable that are kind of spreads out the percentage owned too. And then the receivers, we talked about like six guys in that 57 to 64 yeah. range. And I think that just separates a lot more too. So I think you're going to get uh, you're gonna get a pretty spread out week, which is uh, always the kind of weeks that I like. Yeah. Especially just because, I mean, we we named enough that you could play three from there. It's like, you know, you could play one if you're paying up. You could play two of them. And if you play three, then, like, the, the whole construction of your lineup completely changes because yeah. now you're like, well, if I was going to play McKinnon and Davis, it's like, well, now I can play uh, Edwards, Elair, and Zeke. And, like, that's just such, like, a drastically different lineup. Yeah. And it's uh, I, I like those weeks. I, I don't like the free square weeks myself. I hate when there's like a four thousand running back that everybody has. I think it's a lot more fun. And DFS, the fun for me is kind of building the right combos. And I think it's a lot more fun when you, you have a spot that's not everybody's taking the same guy. Yeah, that's the difference between how uh, somebody who focuses on cash games and somebody who focuses on GPPs. That like <laughs> that's free, a, that's uh, give me the free true. squares so that I can just beat somebody with a little two v two as opposed to having right. to go with my full lineup. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point there. So, well, thanks everyone for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version, uh, week five. We're, we're clicking through the season pretty well here. We really appreciate you listening. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Helps people find the podcast, which is always a good thing. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Jenstead is J E N S T A D. We'll obviously be uh, you know talking uh, talking the slate, uh, seeing if there's any injuries or anything that uh, impacts lineups, that kind of stuff as the as the week goes along. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week. We'll be at you next week. Uh, take care.